So, um, is it the church's birthday or is it the church's anniversary? Because on the day of Pentecost, we're here to celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit tells us to go on mission, right? And to, to spread the gospel to all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And guess what? Lee Summit, Missouri, pretty much the ends of the world, too, <laughs> compared to Israel and Judea, right? So we are given a job. So let me just remind you where we are when we celebrate this day in the church calendar. That's better, thanks. Um, we are at a point, Pentecost, where it was 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, okay? 40 days after he is ascended, he goes up into the scent and to the clouds, and then he leaves us, and he leaves his people, and he says, there's going to be a Holy Spirit. Stay here and wait for a comforter, for someone that I am going to send to you, Okay? That's good news still. So we are in a time right now in the history of the Christian church, in the history of the story, the grand narrative of God and his people, that is a very, very exciting day. It's a wild day. Pentecost is wild. That's why I wore my wild sweater. <laughs> Someone said to me, that's a nice sweater this morning. I said, yeah, it's Pentecosty. And he said, he said, would it be Pentecostal or Pentecosti? And I'm like, oh, we can't say Pentecostal. That's another sermon, <laughs> the speaking in tongues. That is a whole other sermon, but we're not going to talk about that today. We are going to talk about the language of the Holy Spirit, though, because on the day of Pentecost, he, God does something really, really wild. And we're going to just jump right in before I get too off track here, so... Let's read it. It's in Acts 2. Acts 1, he says, wait. And by the way, everyone, all the good God-fearing Jews would have been in Jerusalem at the time when he said to wait. And wait is kind of a code word to say pray. And he told them to wait. So everyone had a pilgrimage on the 50th day. It was also a Jewish festival. They were waiting there in Jerusalem. And if they were good, they would have known the prophet Joel had told them that the Spirit would be poured out upon them. Okay? So in Acts 2, here we go. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven, like the rush of a mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. Told you it was wild. Okay? And they're all filled, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So because of this pilgrimage, they were all there in Jerusalem. And at the sound of the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in their own language. And they were amazed and wondered, and saying, let's see if I can pronounce all these, all right? Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each one of us in our own native, native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, 
Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. I did it. Thank you. Holy Spirit, come. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, ah, they're filled with new wine. So the scene was so wild that everybody that was watching that were outside the people of God, that these people are drunk. They have no idea what's going on. They're amazed, they're bewildered, but they're able to speak in each other's tongues, in each other's language instantaneously. I don't know if you guys can speak another language. I have tried. And it's not so easy. It doesn't happen instantaneously, I will say, even to the best of us language people. Um, I might be just speaking from an American point of view because I think other cultures actually grow up speaking several languages, so it's different. But I would also say that if someone were to come into this building right now and worship with us that was outside of Lakeland and they were new, and someone said, the Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit spoke to you and said, hey, you, put your name in. I want you to go over and talk to that other person across the sanctuary and speak to them in a language that they would know. We would think what? That seems reasonable. <laughs> no, we would think, is someone drunk? What is happening, right? Um, I've never seen a tongue of fire actually happen and I've never actually heard the audible voice of the Holy Spirit. But I know the Holy Spirit works and sometimes the Holy Spirit works in such familiar ways. And it's already speaking in a language that we understand that we just miss them. We just miss them. And so I think it's important on Pentecost to take this time, just like it is for a birthday or anniversary, to celebrate and to think about what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? How does he work? So my, my daughter lives in Virginia. She lives about 15 minutes away from Monticello, you know, the Jefferson's home and all that kind of stuff. And I ask her frequently, have you been to Monticello yet? And she says, no, I haven't. I'm like, girl, you got to go. You live 15 minutes from there. You know, it's beautiful. Thomas Jefferson. She's like, Mom, everything on the campus that I work in is a rotunda. Everything are little Monticello's. She has become so familiar with Thomas Jefferson and Monticello that the actual going to Monticello is nothing to her. I'm going to take her out, though. She's probably listening to me right now. <laughs> we'll go next time I visit Haley. So... The same way, we're pretty Presbyterian here, right? We're not super demonstrative, we're not super wild, um, but we do forget that the Holy Spirit's prime real estate is in you. The Holy Spirit resides in you and in me, but really the Holy Spirit resides in us as a collective. So I don't want us to get so familiar with the language of the Holy Spirit that we miss it. Okay, And I also want us to understand that why, why sometimes we speak different languages. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Tower of Babel. Who's familiar with the Tower of Babel? 
We're going to go back. We're going to talk about Genesis. We're going to come back to Acts, and then we're going to go to Revelation because we're going to talk about the whole narrative of God and the Holy Spirit and the whole story of God. So let's go back to the Tower of Babel and why we have different languages in the first place. Are we ready? It's going to be Genesis. Genesis 11, guys, not like beginning of time story, right? Okay. Now the the whole earth had one language and had the same words. There was a time that the whole earth had the same language and the same words. And as men migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, this is what they're going to do with their great gift of unity. This is what they're going to do. Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had a brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build a city and a tower with its top to the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Let us be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down, so the Lord's like, oh no, these people are trying to build a tower to me. And they're trying to make a name for themselves. So the Lord comes down to see the city and the tower, which the sons of men had built, so they're building it. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people, and they all have one language. And this is the only, only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down. And by the way, he says, let us go down. Remember that the Trinity was present from the beginning. He doesn't say, let me go down there. He says, let us go down. And there, confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over all the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there's there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. So why would God do this? Why did God scramble the language and confuse the people from doing this? So some people think that Pentecost is a reversal of the Tower of Babel. That in God's action of bringing the Holy Spirit to us and giving us the ability to speak one another's language, he's reversing the action of the Tower of Babel. That would make sense, but I think it's a little bit different. I think it's a little bit more even than that. Because if that were the case, then he would just make us all the same. But he gives us the ability to talk to each other, but he doesn't make us all the same. And he doesn't like collect us all in one place. And I, I have to say, I hear a lot of talk about unity. There's a lot of division. We hear about this all the time, right? It's an old story. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But if the church, think about this, if the church were all the same and we were all in agreement about everything and we were off in the same country and spoke the same language, then what do you think we would do? Because, guys, in Genesis 11, this is not far from Adam and Eve who also said, hey, we want to know more. So I'm going to eat from the, the tree of good and evil, right? So they wanted more knowledge. And the people in Genesis 11, the people of God, 
who had complete unity and where they were all the same, what did they want? To make a name for themselves. So God knows that we have the capacity to be completely unified and to be completely the same and to be complete agreement. But whether we have original sin or not, we're going to sin because we are going to want to make a name for ourselves at some point. So God doesn't even, he actually saves us from ourselves. He doesn't even allow that to happen. So on the day of Pentecost, when God gives us a supernatural ability to work together and to speak and understand each other's language, it looks like a real huge miracle. It looks wild, like tongues of fire and the Holy Spirit coming down and all of a sudden everything can, you know, be good again, right? But is it? Because here we are 2,000 years later and we're all still very different. So here's what I want to say. Also, in terms of languages, languages change. If you're an English teacher out here or taught anything, you've taken some, I used to be an English teacher, language changes all the time. Even the English language. Like my son only texts me in memes now. There's not even a word there, right? So we know that languages change and words are hardly even used anymore. And we can use Google Translator when we're speaking to our refugee friends. We don't even need to speak another language because technology has been able to let us to speak to, another, uh, to each other in a different language. But what we need in the Holy Spirit is something different. What we need with the Holy Spirit is not just the ability to communicate each other with each other, but another way of communicating with each other. Okay. So, the presence of God is in the Holy Spirit, and he comes to us, and we have to look. We have to look and think, what is the language that he wants us to speak? If I teach this class called Listen to Your Life, and then um, I ask people to take a look at the highs and lows in their lives and where God has taken them. Some people have enjoyed it, some people have not. <laughs> but... It is a, it's a reflection on your life. If I were to say, what's the language of your life? What would you say? Turn to your neighbor right now and ask, say a couple words. Tell me about your life in two words. Turn to your neighbor, what would you say? All right. Someone want to tell me real quick? Holler out a word. Love. Ooh, service. Blessed. Awesome. We got real positive words. I know I didn't have any moms come to church this morning then. <laughs> Hungry. Chaos. It's messy, right? Right? So sometimes our lives are not nearly as linear and as, as um, clear-cut as we might think. But neither is the Holy Spirit. Here's the good news. The Holy Spirit's super messy, super wild, and not nearly as predictable as we want the Holy Spirit to be, right? The Holy Spirit is something that we can use to communicate amongst all of our differences as well. No one person here is the same. And that's the beauty of the church. It get, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to communicate without words, 
to care, to see one another in a different light, to see different people of different genders, of different colors, of different countries, of different ages, different economic backgrounds, different education backgrounds, and yes, different political affiliations. Also, why? Why does he give us this ability? So that we can be his witness. Not because we should make a name for ourselves, but so that we could be his witness. Even social media influencers are communicating something in a language. I mean, I think they just added the word selfie to the Webster's Dictionary. What is selfie on social media? You guys know what that is, right? What is it but more than just make it a name for yourself? Make it a name for yourself. Watch, you guys are going to go to my social media and, and look at all my selfies, so don't do that. <laughs> we have to bridge the gap. We have to bridge the gap in communicating what a life of God and the glory of God is in order to be able to be the church collectively and the people of God. Yes, the Holy Spirit's there for us to comfort us, to convict us, and to do all those things, but it's really there for us to give witness to what God has done in our lives. And it's going to be both chaos and a mess and beautiful and love and service and all those other things you said. It's going to be all those things. It's hard. It's going to be hard to contain the Holy Spirit in a language because the Holy Spirit is wild and beautiful. Let's look at the end now. We're going to go to the end of the story in Revelation. Okay, what are we supposed to do in this time then until the end of time? Let's look at the, well, I think it's the second last chapter, Revelation 21. So we went from Genesis to Acts to Revelation. Revelation 21, 9 says, Come, I will show you the bride. That's us, guys, the bride of Christ. The wife of the Lamb. And in the Spirit, he carried me away to a great high mountain, and show me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance, like a rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. So God here, in, a, in an eschatological way, in the end, we are, our job is to be giving the glory to God, not to ourselves and to becoming this beautiful, radiant jewel. That's what the church is, a beautiful, radiant jewel. If you saw something perfect, sorry, you perfectionists out there, you probably would go, that's beautiful. But what's really, really beautiful is the life that's a little messier, a little bit off, and a little... Um, well, I can't even have a word for it, guys. It's going to be radiant. Without facets on that jewel, you can't see the light reflected. It has to have a different side to it, right? So we as a church have to be different because we have show different sides. And the Holy Spirit allows us to stay together despite or because of the beautiful thing that we create together. Okay. So I've been doing Lexio since COVID started, so that's two or three years now, and we were talking about our journals, and when we get on Zoom every day at noon, usually every day I make it, we 
talk about where we are, and I'm on my second one. And if you, I should have brought it, but if you see it, it is a mess. You guys would never understand what I'm writing in that. But it has been a beautiful thing to see the Holy Spirit speak through his scripture every single day. And in fact, these scriptures come from this week because it's been preparing us for Pentecost. Maybe it looks like this, that we just cling to scriptures and we um, do that with each other as a church so that we can be reminded on this anniversary of what it's like to be that beautiful, holy uh, church that he wants us to be. Just, I'm just going to leave you with a couple of thoughts because I know that these are, this is kind of broad and ethereal, but if you want two tests, two tests to know something's from the Holy Spirit, because I know discernment of the Holy Spirit is difficult, but this is going to fall on just with what I'm saying today, and I'm almost out of time. So here's the deal. The Trinity, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, will always point towards each other. They're always pointing towards each other. They're never going to make a name for you. So if you're, if you're wanting to follow the Holy Spirit and you want to do ministry or to be a service to the world, and you want to be part of this great cause, this church, you probably won't recognize it. It'll be so familiar to you over time that it shouldn't draw attention to you. I, I hope that I have absolutely no comments about this sermon at the end for several reasons, but also because you hope that it's from the Holy Spirit, right? Any church that's out there that's trying to draw a name to themselves or are pastors that try to do that, that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always point towards God. God always points to his son. See, look, my son of whom I'm so proud. And the son always points to the spirit because he sent us the spirit. They will always point towards each other. They will never point towards us. It will, the Holy Spirit work is never a selfie. Okay? And the second is uh, other verses that I wanted to share with you. And I want you to, ver- to kind of not make them so familiar to you that you forget. But we're going to spend a minute here, just a minute, reading through the fruits of the spirit. And also remember that these fruits of the spirit in Galatians are not exhaustive. Just because Paul said these in Galatians, it doesn't mean they're the only fruits. You guys could be showing, I know you're fruity. You're, you could be showing different fruits than someone else, right? Sorry, that was, maybe go down a different road. Um, let's think about it real quick. Just take a minute about the fruits of the Spirit. It's in Galatians 5 if you want to um, think about it. Love. How are we doing on love? Joy. How are we doing on joy, church? Peace. How's the world doing on peace? Patience. Kindness. Goodness, some versions is called generosity. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are hard. They're only done 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Only can we have these fruits and other ones like forgiveness and empathy and compassion. All those things are only by the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot make that up. We cannot do that without God, friends. I love those verses because Paul says at the end of Galatians, after he's been fighting and going deep theologically about who's in, who's out, circumcision, this, that, and all this, he lists these. And we often list them as very familiar to us. But don't make these fruits as your Monticello, right? Don't make them so familiar to you that you have forgotten love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I mean, we all remembered them, right? Some of us did, but yeah. They're important. And at the end of this list, he says, hey, guys, there's no law against these things. I can almost hear Paul getting sassy, like, hey, Y'all, we can fight about this, and we can go real deep about it, and we can talk about all our differences and who's in and who's out. But really, guess what? There's nothing against all these things. You can do these any time. You have these resources to you at any time. You want to hear them again? Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When these things are displayed, honor them, celebrate them, notice them. When someone writes you a thank you note because of their gratitude, then say thank you back. Honor that. Every time you have a chance and you see these happening, focus on such things. These things will keep us alive, guys. We can focus on a lot of things, but these are the things that we can celebrate. First, you have to notice it, then you can honor it, and then you can celebrate it. And there is no better day for us to celebrate than today. Amen.